Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. What a beautiful verse about the old paths. What are the old paths? Let's talk about it. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths, the ancient paths, those which are established wisdom, which we have encased in the canon of Holy Scripture. Where is the good way? Notice the Holy Spirit. Spirit tells us through the prophet Jeremiah, it is the good way. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path and walk therein. Hallelujah. And you shall find rest for your souls. Notice you will find rest for your souls in the old paths, the ancient ways of God recorded in Holy Scripture. It's a good way, the good way and walk therein and you'll Find rest for your souls. Notice Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible, is about the written word of God in every one of its 176 glorious verses. Let me encourage you to read that chapter this week. And doesn't mean you have to read it all in one sitting, but I want to encourage you, beloved, if you name the name of Christ to get to know Psalm chapter 119, you'll never be the same. And as usual, as you're studying and reading through the Bible, have some index cards with a pen handy to be able to capture nuggets that you see that are going to be so important for your life individually and for sharing with others. The best way to learn is to teach. So when we read the Bible, we should always be thinking in terms of learning it, not only to feed our own spirit, but also to share with others. No different than when you go to a good steak restaurant, you get fed and you want others to know how good that steak was. Now, notice Psalm 119, verse 1. 130, the entrance of thy words giveth light. You see, when you're in the word of God, the light of God is shining into your heart so that no darkness can stand and remain. Also in Psalm chapter 119, speaking of rest for your souls, verse 165 says, great peace have they that love thy law and nothing, nothing shall offend them. Don't you just love that? Let me encourage you to memorize that one. Psalm 119 verse 165, not just peace, but great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. You know, you're never going to meet a person that has great peace who is not a person of the word of God. Great peace have they which 
which love thy law or thy word, and nothing shall offend them. Nothing is going to shake or offend that man, as Jesus taught in the end of Matthew 7, that is rooted and grounded in the word of God. You show me a man that claims to be a Christian or a follower of Christ and is not diligently and deeply being rooted in the word of God daily, and I will show you a counterfeit. There is no such thing as a man of God who is not an ardent, a diligent, student, a meticulous student of the word of God. Jeremiah said, thy words were found and I did eat them. He devoured the word of God and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. You're going to find that men and women of God have a daily feast. They have a continual feast by filling themselves with the word of God daily. Notice Proverbs fifteen fifteen. all the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Now in the this text, as you read Proverbs 15, he's talking about fools and the mouth of fools and how they are afflicted by living in sin. But in contrast, he that is of a merry heart has or hath a continual feast. Hallelujah. How many people listening to me want to have a continual feast? I don't know about you, but I want uninterrupted joy, the joy of the Lord in my life. And so I'm willing to fill my heart up with the word of God every day. No different than when a man gets up in the middle of the night and a log cabin home and continues to put logs on the fire to keep his wife, his beautiful beloved wife and children warm. You got to keep those logs on the fire, beloved. You got to keep your mouth under the spout where the glory comes out. As some say, I guess they rhyme those words at least. So keep under the spout where the glory comes out. Keep your hands raised. Keep your praise coming out of your mouth. As David, the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalm 34, one, I believe that is a continual feast can only come by filling your heart full of the word of God. And notice the old paths, the holy scriptures, uh, which were given to us by inspiration of God and they're profitable for doctrine, for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness second timothy 3 16 as you attend to the word of god proverbs 4 it's the good way you're going to walk therein hallelujah and you're going to find rest unto your souls how many people know that it's a rarity it's a rare thing to find someone who is resting in these last days when so much evil and these beginning of sorrows are coming upon mankind men hearts failing them for fear, right? Failing them for Luke 21, 26. That's a last days chapter where Jesus is given a discourse on his return. It's a sister scripture, if you will. Matthew 24. Notice Luke 21, 26. Men's hearts, in light of all of these fearful things that are coming upon the earth, these are going to be times such as were not ever from the beginning of the world, nor ever shall be. Matthew 24, 22 and 23, Jesus said. So these are going to be horrific times. And how much more, how much the more do we need to be rooted and grounded in the old paths that are given to us in holy writ in the holy scriptures? Notice men's hearts failing 
killing them for fear. We are seeing people commit suicide, and that's going to continue to increase. The suicide rate continues to explode all over the world because of these fearful things that are coming upon the earth. And let me tell you, we haven't seen anything yet. The rate of suicide, death, self-death, from 1981 to 2016 in the United States went from 25,000 to over 45,000. Regrettably, the trend is going upward and will unfortunately continue to go in an upward direction as men's hearts fail them for fear because they're not trusting God and are hopeless without Christ. Notice in 2019, 47,511 Americans murdered themselves. In 2019, there were 1.38 million suicide attempts. Men's hearts failing them for fear of those things that are coming upon the earth. Regrettably, so many are not rooted and grounded in the old past given to us in the glorious Word of God, the Bible. Have you seen the utter futility in the shallow modern church? Are you fed up with this counterfeit gospel that is not establishing people in the old paths of the Word of God. Let's start with the Bible versions that people are using, and even true Christians are deceived, many of them, with these new Bibles, fake Bibles. I was having a discussion with an absolute incredible young brother that I met recently, and he asked me to sit down with him after we had talked for a while and get in the Word. Man, we had a blast. And during that conversation, as I believe the Holy Spirit was leading, I shared with him and showed him so many of the deficiencies and the doctrinal, significant doctrinal differences in the Bible versions. He had an ESV, I don't know, English Standard or Easy Reading, some kind of garbage version. That doesn't take away from him, although he's going to be a lot more healthy in the Lord and established in the old paths as they were intended to be recorded when he gets into the King James Bible. He was listening, very teachable. And I got to tell you, this young man knew the Word of God. And so we exchanged information at his request, and I hope to be fellowshipping with him again soon. So let me encourage you at that, friends, to get a King James Bible. I would be remiss not to share that with you. I know that I dropped that in a lot of times, and that's because there's a conviction based Based on comparison, this is not a preference, saints. I didn't grow up with any Bible learning. I was a Catholic. They don't want you reading the Bible because then you might find out how false they are. So, you know, it wasn't until I was 22 that the Lord saved my wretched soul. He found me and saved me. And I decided that I was going to put these two eyes on the Word of God all for my all by myself and for myself so that I would know what God said, because there's so many things that, you know, just flurry around and, you know, pass through men's minds and are passed from one person to the next. You know, Jesus said to his disciples, who do men say that I am? Then he asked them, who do you say that I am? There's significance in that. You know, men say one thing, but do you, my friend, know with your own eyes, your own faculties, your own brain and heart, what God said for yourself. There's nobody that's ever going to get deep and deepened in the 
the Lord by listening to what others say about God. So there's nothing more important in this conversation that you and I have in these moments than for you to be encouraged to get into God's word for yourself. See, the word of God's not going to get into me until I get into it. And in previous generations, young men and women gave up their whole life of luxury in America to go to a foreign land to preach the gospel of Christ. Today, we have a generation of professing Christians who won't so much as give up a penny to support the preaching of the gospel of Christ when these previous generations gave up their whole lives. Many today being called by God to return to truth, walk away refusing it as rebels. They will never find rest, but will rather be restless, weary, guilty, full of shame for their sin because it's only by mercy and truth that iniquity is purged. Proverbs 16 verse 6 and that truth is the old paths of the holy scriptures. Isaiah 50 verse 20 and 21 says, but the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. None. There's no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. You know, if you don't have peace now in this life, it's only because you don't know the Prince of Peace. The good news is that if you're listening to this message, that means you're still on earth and you can repent today. The Bible says, sow to yourselves in righteousness and reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he come and rain righteousness upon you. Speaking of the wicked and the lack of rest and peace, the Bible says in Proverbs 28, 1, the wicked flee when no man pursueth. They live in fear, but the righteous are bold as a lion. How many people want to be go from being a coward to being courageous, infused with the Holy Ghost and the truth of God? There is no peace saith my God to the wicked. Isaiah 57, 21. I want you to memorize that verse. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. None. But the peace that passes all understanding that can only come from the Prince of Peace and your abiding relationship with him, John chapter 15 and John 17 being made one with the Father and the Son. Somebody says, well, can you explain that? No, I can't. I'd be concerned for any man that pretended that he could explain that. But we know Jesus prayed that even as he and the Father are one, that we would be one with him and the Father and that we would be one with each other in the body, the true body of Christ. So on that divine authority, we can pray, John 17, Lord, make me one with thee, O Father, and Jesus. Hallelujah. And the penetration, the inner penetration of God into your life is going to vanquish all fear. First John 4, 16 through 18, perfect love casteth out fear. Now we know God is love, but it's only as we seek him and he makes us and allows us to be one with him and an abiding relationship with Jesus, our savior, that those things are going to be vanquished from our life. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. And yet the same book of Isaiah in 9, 6 and 7 says that Jesus is the prince of peace in Isaiah 53, that through his 
his sacrifice, he made peace between God and man. And so being one with Christ is everything. It's everything. Your whole life is all about getting to know him, that I may know him, Paul said, in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. And that's the Lamb of God, the coming King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. And he saved you to know him. In fact, John chapter 17, we keep referring to in verse 3, Jesus tells us the whole reason why God created us. And here it is, John 17, 3. This is life eternal. This is the whole reason for it, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Isaiah 53, the most profound cache of messianic prophetic utterance found in all of scripture. Verse 3, Isaiah 53, he is despised, that is our Lord, the Messiah who was to come and rejected of men and who has come. Amen. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Jesus was forsaken that we might be forgiven. We owe a debt we cannot pay. He paid a debt that he did not owe. Verse 5, Isaiah 53, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, notice, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. We are healed through the Prince of Peace who bore our iniquities in his own body and nailed them to the cross and took them away as far as the east is from the west. It's called the great exchange by many. It is finished, our Lord said on the cross, before he gave up the ghost. It is finished. It is paid in full. And Jesus now ever lives to provide what he died to purchase. The book of Hebrews, a place I want you to become very intimately familiar with and without which your Christian life will not be complete. Notice paramount in your constitution, that is the constitution of your own mind and heart, must be the truth that everything in God flows from and goes to the person of Jesus Christ. Every blessing of God comes to us via the perfect sacrifice, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. For his holy pleasure were we created and unto the almighty word of God himself be all glory, honor, and power now and forever. Revelation 4.11 and Revelation 5 verse 12. Hallelujah. Notice in the 11th chapter of Romans verse 36, for of him, of Christ, the Prince of Peace, the one who made peace between God the Father and fallen mankind and has brought us into his eternal family. And there is one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 5, for of him and through him and back to him are all things 
to whom be glory forever. Amen. That is Romans 11, verse 36. Notice 2 Corinthians 1, 20. For all the promises of God, all of them, in him, that's Christ, are yea and in him unto the glory of God by us. God has secured for us in the perfect sacrifice of the only begotten Son of God all of his blessed promises. In fact, he says, forget not all his benefits. Psalm 103, verse 2. So divine truth is timeless. Heaven and earth, Jesus said, shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And so we must become established yet more and more by diligently devouring the words of God in the old paths, the ancient divine paths that have been given to us to know him and to be established yet more and more in Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Psalm 119, verse 89. I highly recommend that you memorize that verse forever, forever. Remember we talked about Psalm 119 and you were encouraged to read through it afresh? Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. God is unchanging and therefore his perfect word is unchanging. You know, an evil man, when you see him seeking them to modernize the truth, changing the truth of God into a lie, exchanging raw truth for regurgitated second-hand lies. Here's how God works. Is Jesus digging up and cleaning things from the root out of your life? If so, you know you are walking with the Savior. God will never change. He's working to change you today. Are you complying. Remember Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord. I change not. Notice Jeremiah 1, 10, and we can see not only the process of God in nations, but in individuals. It says this, see the same book of Jeremiah. Remember our main verses, chapter 6, verse 16, which speaks of the old paths. The Holy Scriptures, the tried and true ways of God, where he says in Isaiah 34, 16, that none of his promises, none of his promises will fail. Amen. What a blessed confirmation. Notice, seek ye out of the book of the Lord. There it is. That's the old paths. The book of the Lord. Seek. You got to study. You got to search the scriptures. Jesus said, John 5, 39, to find and have him revealed to you. Verse 39 and 40 of John 5. Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail. Not one promise. All right. So not one of these shall fail. God has never failed anyone who took him at his word. Jeremiah 1.10, see, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms. To do what? To root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So this is how God works in the life of his people. He roots out, pulls down, destroys and throws down the things that don't belong in our lives. And then he begins to build and to plant the things that do. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10. If you will begin to approach your Bible reading and studies with the goal of teaching it, your comprehension will explode. I mentioned that earlier. You know, the best way to learn is to teach. And God's word cannot get into you and me 
until we get into it. God gave us his word for four pillar purposes. I quoted it earlier, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? Four things. I want you to underline and take note of those four things. The word of God is profitable for what? Doctrine. See, the word of God is sound doctrine. Doctrine. First one there. The Word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Anybody else being regularly corrected by God through the circumcision of His Word. I know I am on a regular basis. In fact, if God isn't chastening and teaching me, I need to be really worried whether or not I have a relationship with him. Because he said, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Proverbs 3.12, Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 5. So the word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect or mature thoroughly or throughly furnished unto all good works. God bless you, saints. I'm glad we had these times together. Those who truly repent without fail will hunger for the word of God and turn back to the old past or the tried and true word of God. God bless you and thank you for including this outreach in your prayers that we would be supplied and also bear fruit for the eternal glory of Jesus Christ. In Jesus name, God bless you. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.